interest in gravel and adventure bicycle riding just seems to continue to grow uh, year over year. There's a website put together by NPD Group, uh, measures consumer sales trends, uh, and worldwide gravel bicycle sales increased 100% from 2019 to 2021. Another study found gravel bike sales over the 12 months ending in February 2022 jumped 62% compared with February of 2020. Keep in mind, that's all growth in the middle of a pandemic and with historic inventory and supply chain issues. Sounds like it must be the golden age of gravel, right? Eh, Squeeze the brake just a a bit. We've been noticing some concerning trends among new gravel riders that we think need to be cared for. Hi there, uh, I'm Kevin with Spinistry. We've been organizing ultra-endurance gravel, bike packing, and mountain bike races and rides since 2010. To date, we've probably hosted over 25,000 participants at over 300 events, and we just absolutely love helping folks get their adventure on. Now stick around after this list is done, and I'll, you know, I'll give some more details on how and why we rank the tips the way that we do. And I'll, I think I have some bonus content that could pay off uh, and help newer riders really get going in the right direction from the get-go. Without further ado, here are the top 10 things newer gravel riders should maybe really focus on. Number 10. Newer road cyclists, but with over two years of experience, they kind of know what they're doing on the road. Their biggest thing they can focus on is the off-pavement bike handling skills. Bikes behave differently in loose gravel, dirt, sand, off-pavement than they do on, on the road. Tremendously different, quite frankly. The nuts and the bolts of it, an occasional foray onto some gravel roads, won't give most riders enough experience and confidence that they really need to handle the unexpected. So if you're a fairly experienced road cyclist and just getting into gravel, the biggest thing that you can do to build your skill set and help your confidence is to spend as much time off-road as possible. Take your gravel bike onto some single track. Ride unpaved bicycle paths and so forth. Get to feel how that bike behaves under certain circumstances. The single track stuff's a really big, that, that can really accelerate the learning process. No, you're not supposed to go down double black diamond downhill runs or anything like that, but find one of the tamer, smoother, leveler mountain bike trails and go ahead and slowly ride your gravel bike on it and and learn how to shift your weight and and adapt for the turns and things like that. Don't try to do it fast, just try to do it flawless. Number nine, still concentrating on uh, those road bikers with over two years experience. Do a lot of training riding solo. Yes, you can go out with the group, but get away from the pack. Don't do the pace lining. The reality is that when you're out on the gravel, there isn't much pack riding, nor is there a whole lot of pace lining. 
particularly if you don't have a lot of the unpaid bike handling experience. You don't want to be in a pack of people that aren't going to know how to react well when they come across a, a sudden washout in the road or something like that. Number eight. Now we kind of lean towards uh, the riders coming from the dirty side of things. They generally focus on building endurance. Cyclocross races are typically 45 minutes or less. It's really rare these days to, to find cross-country mountain bike riders that are really doing more than 90 minutes at a time on mountain bike trails. The way the gravel world works, you, you really need to be able to ride for three to six hours at a time and quite possibly a lot more than six hours. And that kind of takes us to number seven. The basics of nutrition. Learn it. A lot of road cyclists that are used to going out for long rides, 50 to 100 miles, their background, they probably have some basic nutrition stuff built in. Mountain bike riders that aren't typically riding over 90 minutes or two hours, refueling along the way may not be a focus of yours. Getting to know your body and what it needs, it takes saddle time and some trial and error, unfortunately. Number six, definitely uh, aimed more towards the unpaved riders but it can apply to others as well. Uh, know and utilize your endurance heart rate. This is the one piece of information that can basically allow anybody, any rider out there, with proper fueling and hydration to pedal as long and as far as you want to. Basically, uh, that endurance heart rate of yours, it's what you can maintain all day long when you're pedaling the bike, when you're in the saddle. As your fitness increases, so does that endurance heart rate number your speeds will bracket up accordingly over time as as your fitness increases the, the basic way to think about it as, as your fitness increase increases it's not that the effort gets any easier you're ex, you're expending the same effort you just get further faster with the same effort that's all training really is number five gravel rides take place a lot of times in the middle of nowhere, even when the routes are marked, things can go wrong for a lot of different reasons. Have tools at your fingertips and know how to work them that will allow you to reroute or find your way back to a planned route if something goes astray for whatever reason. Don't depend on course markings. Don't depend on a ride leader. Don't depend on even an event promoter to have everything in place for you to get where you need to get safely. Know how to navigate for yourself. That's extremely important. Number four, and this is one that gets glossed over and it really should be extremely fundamental for just about anyone, that, particularly if you start getting into endurance bicycle rides of 60 minutes or more. Longer rides means your body's going to mutiny if your bike fit is not dialed in. And quite frankly, measuring the distance between your crotch and the top tube, that doesn't do anything to, term, to determine if the bike is the right size. And no, you're not going to hurt yourself if you have to stop suddenly. You can lean to one side or the other and put a foot down. That's not a big deal. Seriously, if you plan to ride over 60 minutes, you need to have your bike adjusted properly by somebody who knows what they're doing. Number three, and this is one that really affects newer riders more than anyone else. Uh, anyone that's been riding for a while finds out pretty soon that having the right clothing for cycling is it's important. And bike clothing is bike clothing for very particular reasons. It's because that's what works. It's not about posing or posturing or 
showing off a certain label. It's usually not marketing hype or anything like that. Yeah, that's a little factor here and there. But generally see, generally speaking, bicycle clothing has evolved to what it is because it does the job. Sure, you can pedal around the block in a cotton t-shirt and flip-flops. Just be aware that if you're not wearing the right shorts and there's an errant seam that's rubbing your tender spots in a rough way for too long, you're going to pay the price for that. Number two, can't stress this one too much. No basic bicycle maintenance. You have to know how to change a tire. You have to know how to change a flat. You have to have the tools with you in order to do that and the knowledge on how to properly use them. You need to have a basic tool that lets you do any adjustments or quick fixes on the bike that are likely to happen. And when you're riding gravel, everything shakes, everything vibrates. Eventually, everything comes loose. If you don't have that basic skill set or knowledge, it's too early for you to go out and ride gravel, particularly at a longer event or in the middle of nowhere. Number one, and I, I can't stress this enough, particularly for newer riders, carry everything you need to go the whole distance of your planned ride and probably a little bit more have have a fudge factor built in there just just in case things can go wrong water tables at events can get stolen they can get knocked over stores can close early for various reasons power outages can mean that a well's not working that you were counting on whatever stuff happens be prepared for the worst case scenario carry calories and water that will take you the full distance always have at least one tube two's not a bad idea air supply and of course basic tools uh, a chain break and links a chain can be extremely helpful now that's one it's best if you know how to use them but even if you don't know how to use them and you're riding with other people just having those with you in case something goes wrong on your bike or on somebody else's maybe they forgot to bring their chain break that's a handy thing to always have with you. Uh, you know, if you're getting really adventurous, an extra battery for your phone. And I always suggest taking a cell phone with you for emergency purposes, if nothing else. Uh, a safety blanket in case. And uh, a satellite tracker, if you have one, might as well carry it with you. Those are nice to have, particularly with this type of riding. You never know when you may be outside of cell phone coverage. So that's our top 10. The best way to, to look at the list is kind of look at it backwards. Start with number one and find where your skill set lies going forward. It's kind of reverse engineered that way, generally speaking. Realistically, you don't want to be signing up and going to gravel events unless you're at that level five or six. Uh, you can start at maybe three or four for some casual rides with friends, but make sure those friends are aware of what you're experience and skill set may or may not be just in case you do need some assistance along the way that way they're not ca caught off guard people are always helpful on these rides but you don't you don't want to you don't want to catch them off guard uh with with what your skill set may or may not be are you at that one or two level right now seriously my opinion now is not the time for you to start riding gravel set that as a goal particularly riding gravel in the middle of nowhere that's kind of a no-no Get some experience under your belt, build up your fitness, definitely learn how to fix a flat tire if you don't know how to do yet. Do that yet. There are plenty of 
YouTube videos for fixing flats and other bike maintenance. So it's probably, this isn't the best environment to, to do that. But I can give you a pretty basic fitness tip to start building your endurance and your saddle time without overdoing it. This might also be handy uh, for the more experienced riders who maybe want to share a basic tip to, to people that want to just start a training program and start building up their basic fitness and capability. I call this one the water bottle method. Basically, it allows you to ride within your current limits without going too far and build those limits up at the appropriate rate over time. It's really simple. Start with a single sports bottle of water, just water, no calories, no Gatorade or hydration, just basic water, and just one of the regular bicycle water bottles, 20 to 22 ounces. That's roughly, for most people and in most weather conditions, an hour's worth of fluids. So plan an out and back route and ride out on that route until you are halfway through your bottle. And then at that point, you turn around and you come back. At the time you finish, you should be finishing on your last drink or there, thereabouts. And you do that over time. As your fitness increases, you'll go farther and further with each out and a longer ride each time. Now, you don't have to use the same route each and every time. It helps a lot of people to mix up the routes. But over time, as you go back to the same segments, you'll see, hey, I'm going further on my half a bottle. At some point, you're going to be ready to ratchet up to a second water bottle. And somewhere else down the road, that'll turn into three water bottles. That build-up period is going to vary from rider to rider. And it's going to be really heavily skewed to the amount of training rides you do each week. I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell people how much training they need to do. That's, every, that's very individualized. I'm one of those that definitely believes ride every day you possibly can. Don't even schedule time off. Life's going to make that happen. So whenever you have an opportunity to ride, go ahead and fit in some riding time. Realistically, um, most people, about every 25 to 40 rides, you can ramp up kind of to a next level without overstressing your body, without overdoing it. So obviously, if you're riding five times a week, you're going to get to 25 to 40 rides quicker than somebody that's only riding two or three times a week. Make sense? Do keep in mind, though, once you get into multiple bottles, definitely at the three bottle level, probably at two, you need to start working on it. Uh, you'll need to add some additional calories into the mix. Again, this isn't the time to go into detail on that. We'll, we'll share more of that another time. When you're to the point when you can ride for three solid hours on three bottles and a few calories, you've really established a pretty solid base fitness level at that point. And that's what it is. That's a base fitness level where you can pretty much go and do anything you want to and you have a sense of what your body can handle, what your output levels feel like, a general sense of when you need to, when you haven't added enough calories, when you start to need to add more, when you need to drink more and things like that. You'll start to have a really good baseline to work from at that point to tweak a piece at a time to go off and do those whatever adventures are on your on your bucket list. Now, I'm sure people are going, well, great, where did you come up with who gets ranked at what level based on what. These tips were ranked uh, based on some polling data from several popular Facebook gravel riding groups throughout the United States. We asked newer gravel riders about their experience, 
their cycling experience prior to becoming interested or starting to ride gravel. So we'll kind of give a breakdown here of how that worked out. 56.46% were primarily road slash pavement riders with over two years of experience. You know, the majority. 31.26% were primarily unpaved off-road uh, riders, cyclocross, mountain biking, maybe a BMXer or two with over two years of experience as well. So, uh, you know, familiar with riding a bike on a regular basis, both of those groups. A little over 9% were primarily brand new to cycling, wholly with the intent of starting out with gravel riding. That's new to the equation from an event promoter's standpoint, to be perfectly honest with you. We've noticed this trend starting to come on, and it's it has been building up uh, for the past 12 months. And that was the reason for the poll to begin with, to get a sense of how much of the you know participant base might be in that category. And I was guessing, you know, in that 10% range, and that's that's pretty close. Uh a little over 3% were newer riders, less than two years total cycling experience recently, not including when you're a kid or something like that, but were migrating towards gravel. And that 3%, that's kind of been consistent for the past 10, 12 years, uh, where there's people that get into cycling and like it, but they're the traditional road scene, cyclocross scene, mountain bike scene doesn't line up with what they're looking for. So in, you know, in the first couple of years they start riding, they're, look, they're looking for something that better suits them. And gravel covers those bases for a lot of people. So that 3% of the newer riders adds up. Uh, the, the experienced mountain bikers and road bikers, that lines up. But that almost 10% that are brand new to cycling, you know, that's, that's different. Realistically, in my opinion, my, based on my experience, it probably really means about 15 to 25% of newer gravel riders really not having the basic knowledge or skill set or experience they really need under their belts to successfully navigate and negotiate riding gravel. Sure, they can get into it, do the, the sink or swim approach, and a good chunk of them will, you know, they'll get by, but others, they may be dissuaded from the sport. And that's what we want. We, we don't want that to happen. We want to encourage growth and participation in cycling in general. So from a promoter's perspective, like myself, it's kind of something new to the mix uh, that I think all events and promoters need to find ways to deal with. You know, that's one of the beauties of gravel. All the events are their own thing. All the promoters do it their own way. Everybody has their own, you know, it's like you, you, you can you can get a pasta dinner at a thousand different Italian restaurants all over the country and no single one of them is going to taste the same. We all have our, our, our secret recipe, our special sauce or whatever that we throw into the mix. Personally, I'm going to choose the path of education and experience building to help people build their, their confidence, their skill set, uh, not get in over their heads. So please do comment below on how we can best help you with your journeys going forward. We're all ears and uh, keep the rubber side down.